This is the Chippewa Valley Geek, actual play and community theater podcast. The Red Mist, a Cthulhu Confidential one-shot. Hey everybody, Monster Mike here, and I'm playing Cthulhu Confidential. One-on-one gumshoe mystery investigation game with Nick. Nick, who are you and what are you doing? All right, I'm Nick. I am playing Philbert Oakley, the book hound. I will be investigating things. Yes, you things? Will. I don't know. That's right. So it's uh, 1937. Uh, you have a bookstore in New York City. It's a kind of a specialty bookshop. You deal mostly in rare and antique kinds of things. Um, you get a certain number of people that just come in and browse, but you also do like the profitable part of your businesses from special requests. Acquisitions? Yeah. Um, so you've got a, you know, like in one of these neighborhoods where you've got your shop downstairs and then there's like apartments upstairs. Oh, before we get started, since this is kind of noir, you get to start with a problem. So you can pick from one of those four mm. problems. I think I have to go with Strange Fascination. Okay. Because having the board with the string and the tasks and the, the chart and the newspaper clippings is just so you. It just fits. Okay. All right. So it's uh, four in the morning. What are you doing at four in the morning? Are you sleeping, reading, trying to sleep? What's up? Yeah, obviously. Okay. Went down to raid the fridge. This explains why I'm overweight. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, what are you getting out of the icebox? Leftover meatloaf. Okay. Just eating it cold? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Like you do, because it tastes better. Yeah. Yeah, so you're dishing that up, and uh, your kitchen window looks out over, like, the alley between your building and the next adjacent building. Mm -hmm. You hear, like, a crash and the yowl of an alley cat outside and uh uh you hear it sounds like someone like the trash cans got knocked over or something like that and then there's a deep voice out there uh kind of yelling he says i received the sacrament in a pit i am girded with four tassels I, uh, <coughs> and uh and then silence do you have a cult as an investigative ability yeah that's what i meant yeah, I do. Um, those words are oddly familiar. You were looking through some old stuff or just from your extensive reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those seem familiar to you. So there's a push available. Sure, let's burn it right away. All right. Um, you recall that they're from the Mithraic Liturgy. Kind of a Roman, uh, Roman times cult of Mithras. You read about that in some of your classical reading. What do I know about that? There will be more about that later. So, yeah, basically that it was a cult of Mithras that persisted throughout Europe post the fall of the Roman Empire, you know, so like in parallel with early developing Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um and it had different divisions and sects and things like that. It's kind of what you recall. Okay. At four in the morning over a plate of cold meatloaf. Uh-huh. 
Well, but you just remember that thing about the sacrament and so, the pit and yeah. the four tassels. Four tassels. Yeah. Reminds me of this girl I used to know. Yeah. So you that, that ended about as well as this is going to. Obviously, I feel the need to go out and investigate this. So I'm going to cinch up my bathrobe. Mm-hmm. Um, grab. I assume I have a bat or a fire iron sure. or something yeah. similar to that. Yep. I'm going to grab that and. 1937? Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't have a flashlight. Uh, no, there's electric torches. Okay. I'll grab whatever I have of that and kind of make my way to the door, kind of like peeking out each of my windows as I get that way to see if I see something on the way there. And then I'm going to kind of poke my head out the door. Mm-hmm. Okay. And kind of... Yeah, your, your apartment is upstairs, so like, you don't see much from your kitchen window. Mm-hmm. Um just because, like, the light is sort of reflecting off your own glass. But um, you get down the little back stairs. It's smog. Yeah, get down the little back stairs into the, um, where it kind of lets out into the alley and take a peek, and you see, like, feet sticking up uh, from sort of over by the garbage cans and hear some groaning. Uh, are you okay over there? Uh, uh, uh. <coughs> You don't sound okay. The dying bull. The blood. Oh god, it's not horn shapeless. Oh no! <laughs> dying bull, blood. Oh god, it's not horns. Oh, horns. But you said orange. I'm like, and that works too, I guess. Shapeless. Oh no. He seems to be in some sort of delirium or something. Yeah. Well, I have first aid. Um, looking around, do I see... There's no Anything one else, else around at all. Did did whoever do this to you, is, is it still around? As I kind of, like, inch towards him. Uh, so as you get closer to him and get the light on him, you see um, big big guy in his mm-hmm. mid-40s. His face is a mass of bruises, mm-hmm. and his knuckles are raw and bloody. And in response to your question, he says, I lost it. I didn't mean to do that to him. I couldn't see. It was all red. All red. Um, and then he goes back to, like, muttering, moaning and muttering to himself. It's gibberish. Um, do you have languages? That is an investigative ability. Okay. Uh, in a mix of Latin and English. Okay. Well, I'm going to go up to him. It looks like he was in a fight. Mm-hmm. And... Lost it, so all red makes me think that he actually beat the shit out of somebody else, uh, and he lost control. And I don't see any other bodies laying in the no, not alleyway. Okay, you would surmise that he ran here or something. I mean, it's kind of just hard to guess. Didn't but... we hear out that from was down there? Him, presumably, but he wasn't like. Uh, if I'm closer to see him, do I see any other wounds on him? Like, obviously, like a knife stab, bleeding, mm. other than just the bruised face and bloody knuckles? Uh, not really, as you look more closely at him. And he's he's a little... He's out of it. Yeah. Um, he's wearing, like, very rough clothes. So, like, very working class, mm-hmm. cheap clothing. But he's got a shirt on that clearly isn't his. It's, like, several t- sizes too small. And it's way more expensive than the rest of his outfit. Um, and there is some blood from his like face that is soaked into it a little bit, but it doesn't look like he's been stabbed or anything. Um, 
There's also a, uh, you notice as you're like trying to examine him, like on the cuff, there's a monogram, A-Y. Does that spark any knowledge at me? No. Okay. Um, you also see like looking at him, there's like a piece of slip of paper poking out of his pocket, I'll like the shirt pocket. I'll yoink that out of there if I can. Okay. That's got your address written on it, along with the words, Mithraic Mystery Cult Practices. And it's written in a fine, educated, copper plate script. You know, like someone who had the benefit of a good education. Right. Well, I'm going to put that in my pocket and then start tending to the gentleman's hands and face while I ask him, what's your name, sir? Okay. Um, you have reassurance? As an investigator's yes. ability? Okay. Uh, there is a push available, and I'll tell you that, like, without with a push, you'll be able to talk to him and treat him. And without a push, he's probably going to, like, thrash around and try to run off, which is also, like, a valid thing. But Like, I'm okay with him running off. Okay. Um, so you go trying to treat him... Uh, and as you're, like, examining, he keeps muttering, says, uh, McRory's going to get me. He's going to get me. He said take a fall. Yeah, a fall. You have streetwise investigative. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you recognize the name McRory as probably referring to Leon McRory, who's kind of a local petty thug and bookmaker. Okay. Um, and as you start... Um, give me a first aid roll. Okay, yeah, you're doing a adequate job just, like, trying to mostly clean up the blood and mm-hmm. see what's going on, and you're not set to do stitches or anything like that, but you're kind of treating him. He's still kind of semi-unconscious, but uh, he said, he's while you're treating him, he's like, it's, it's eating me. I can't find, it can't find its way out, and it's eating me. And then later he says, he was all red, all red, all red. And at that point, um, he kind of comes to, sees you over him, uh, and like lets out a shout and shoves you away. Do you want to try to restrain him or just let him go? I want to try to grab the cuff of the shirt where the monogram is. Okay. And see if I can rip that off of him as he's trying to get away. Okay. Like, I'll, I'll try and restrain him, but I want to grab there specifically. So if he does break away, I'll try and rip that away. Okay. Um, give me an athletics test. Four. Um, yeah, I will say um, you're able to grab him. You know, you grab the cuff of the fancy shirt, and, mm-hmm. like, he jerks away, and it's already, you know, ripped on the sleeve in places, and so he jerks and it just rips, and you're left holding the cuff, and he stumbles off down the alley, still muttering, he was all red, all red. You can try to follow him. Yeah, I'm just trying to think if I would. I I will follow him for a ways. Okay. Just see where he goes, see if he stops again. Like, if he starts running, I'm not going to chase him, but if he's just stumbling, I'll try and catch up to him. Yeah, he's stumbling away, and he's he goes... Uh, Oh, let's do a quick check. Give me your uh, shadowing. Three. Okay. 
Um, yeah, he's not too hard to keep up with. You stay kind of half a block back and not make it too obvious. Mm-hmm. And he's not moving quick. He's kind of stumbling. Clearly, he's taken some, you know, probably concussed. Yeah. Uh, and he's going um, toward the dock, docks area or the neighborhood that is um, adjacent to the docks, if you will. So it's only a few blocks, probably six blocks, and he gets to like a cheap flop house and um, stumbles in. And it's the kind of place where it has like, you know, sort of, it's like a bad hotel, you know, sort of a public mm-hmm. lo- lobby and rooms upstairs and rooms on the main floor that are just like off of a hallway. So a hotel more or less, but somewhat grimier. This is the kind of place where like transient laborers might mm-hmm. work or places a place like that. <clears throat> I will follow him in. Okay. Are these places usually staffed? Like there'd be somebody at the lobby waiting? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, this is like uh mother Mother Johnson, you know, puts together a cheap quick breakfast for the lodgers. I mean this I mean it's a it's just a bigger idea of kind of like Ma um uh who is It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I, I don't remember. Anyway, I, yeah, I, I, I get a boarding house, just a very low rent boarding house. So at four in the morning there's no one in the lobby. Okay. And people coming and going wouldn't raise an eyebrow particularly. So. Okay. I will go in after him and see if I can trace him and follow him back to his room. Okay. Uh he goes up the stairs and you know, you're able to kind of nip up after him and peek down the hall. And he goes into a room. He takes a while to get his key out and ends up just beating on the door. And he's like, uh, James, James, Patrick, let me in. It's Bull. And the door opens and, oh, my God, what happened? Are you okay? Yeah, get in here. Okay. No, no, I just need to sleep. I think... At this point, I would probably go home. Okay. Um, I It's 4.30 in the morning. I'm wearing yep. my bathrobe. I have nothing with me other than a, a tire iron. Yeah, a tire <laughs> iron. And, uh, and not a tire iron because that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, some sort of blunt instrument and like a electric lamp. Um, I know where he's staying. I know his name, sort of. And James and Patrick. So I'll make a note of what room that is, and I'll go home and plan to swing back by in the morning. Okay. And see if I can catch them still here or get information as to who is renting that room. Okay. Are you gonna like eat your meatloaf and go back to go to sleep? Well, yeah. One doesn't just leave the meatloaf off to go bad. Well, I wasn't implying you wouldn't eat the meatloaf. What I'm getting at is, would you go back to sleep? I try to. Okay. Give me a stability check. You're troubled by strange dreams. Of course I am. Okay. Hey guys. Would, uh... Alright, you suffer from horrible nightmares about being chased through a red-lit maze by something you cannot dare look upon. You gain a problem wrecked by nightmares. So how does Mythos Shock work? Um, that basically gets tallied up at the end of the scenario. Okay. Uh, 
let me reference my quick rules here. Because I think you can take time to get rid of some problems, but I don't think that works with Mythos Shock. This one, so the Mythos Shock is I wake up screaming convinced that something is burrowing out of my skull. If I still have this card at the end of the adventure, I've, and I've got problem four, nightmares, I go mad. Counter by taking time to sit alone, staring at your mirror, and probing your forehead until you've convinced yourself that nothing's trying to hatch from your skull, as if your brain is some loathsome egg. Okay. So I assume you're working on that in the morning. Uh-huh. And uh, there is a, you're down in your shop looking in the mirror, probing your forehead. Mm-hmm. And that is interrupted by the ding of the bell at the door. Of ding, ding. And a client comes in. Uh, well-dressed lady. She walks up, introduces herself. Uh, Hello, I'm Nancy Yates. I'm looking for uh, Mr. Oakley. Is something wrong with your head? Are you okay? No, 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 no. I think I just gave it a frightful bump last night, just making sure I don't have any damage from that. Oh, oh, goodness, how unfortunate. Yes, I I am Mr. Oakley. Uh, How do you do? I, I am Nancy Yates. Uh, she is a woman in her early 30s. Philbert, you can call me Phil. Phil, Phil, Philbert. Oh, okay. Philbert like a hazelnut? Yes, well, with a pH. Oh, okay, I see, yes. Um, how odd. Um, my parents were a strange sort. Okay. <laughs> Understandably. And she, uh, looks around your shop and kind of wrinkles her nose a little bit at what a... Disorderly... Fucking disaster it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. Because I assume you have like books stacked up all crazy all over the place. And it's just How like else would I know where they the are? The typical wonderful used bookstore. How else would I know where they are? Um, uh, she says, uh, I'm here on behalf of my brother. Uh, he wishes to engage your services. What was her name? Nancy, Nancy Yates. And do you have assess honesty as an investigative skill? I do. Okay. She's not being entirely forthcoming, but isn't lying. Well, of course not, because some dude was on your brother's shirt last night. Um, she says, um, my brother is a writer and poet named Alvin, and he's interested in certain books on ancient religion. Oh, do tell. Yeah, um, he's looking specifically for a book, and here she pulls out like a little pocket notebook, you know, and double checks it. Um, and says, uh, Mithraic Mystery Cult Practices in the Western Empire. Huh. She says, uh, would you, do you think you'd be able to acquire that? I, I might be able to. Okay. Is, is there a reason your brother is not here himself? Oh, uh, well, he's unwell. Um, That's, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Do you have any interpersonal skills you'd like to push? Uh... In reality or in the game? In the game. Because one of those is definitely no. <laughs> um, reassurance. That doesn't really make sense. Reassurance would work. Interpersonal, so not general. Or I mean, I'm sorry, investigative. Because you're doing a push. Okay. If you want to spend the push. I'll actually go with flattery. Wow, I hope it's nothing serious. I mean... A fine lady like you coming out to a place like this. We're not exactly part of the high district. Um, she says yes, but I've heard 
I've heard you get results. Um, no, Alvin, uh, it's quite unfortunate. He uh, was badly beaten in a boxing match last night, and he's home in bed. Um, I came here to get the book to kind of calm him down. His nerves are just a mess. He's getting very agitated that he didn't have a copy of the book, and I worry he'll make his injuries even worse <clears throat> until he gets it. Huh. Um, I think, was this a, a sanctioned match, or...? Oh, no, well, I mean, it's that, you know, bare-knuckle boxing oh, that, that they do, you know, the down in some squalid pit somewhere and horrible, disgusting men wagering money. And, you know, Alvin's really been trying to get in touch with his primitive side. You know, he's been doing all this lifting ridiculous weights and running around the neighborhood in this outrageous outfit and um, trying to just... Like, Out outrageous outfit? Well, like, you know, shorts and oh, jogging clothes. Oh, jog jogging clothes. Jogging, yes. running. Yes. And they haven't even invented suitable shoes for this yet, so no. it's um, quite it's ridiculous. He's doing it barefoot. Yes. And, and yeah. Yes, I, I know all about how this works, obviously. You can tell from my... Yes, well, you're a fine figure. You can of tell them. from my spaghetti-stained t-shirt that it covers my paunch barely. <laughs> Is that meatloaf? It was. <laughs> so so I, I appreciate that this is a very rare and unusual book, and I assume you don't have it immediately in stock, but um, if you were able to locate a copy, um, I'd certainly be able to agree to any reasonable expenses, and I'll pay them happily pay the market value uh, once you find it. Um, but I just ask that you keep the Yates name out of it. We just want to use you as a go-between here, basically. But you know, keep it on the DL. Do you have bargain? I do. Do you want to push that for the like negotiation over money? No. Okay. No more. I'm right now trying to figure out how I would, if I would let her know that the other dude showed up last night, or if I would just let her go and then try to investigate behind the scenes. Because I kind of want to try and get information out of her as to what she knows about the other guy and why he would show up here. She made it pretty clear that she was she didn't see the match. Okay. She doesn't go to the match. Or she doesn't approve of this. But it's just Alvin. And you also get the impression like she's the the big sister. Mm -hmm. um, she kind of speaks about Alvin like he's just out of college. Like a wayward child. A little bit wayward. Um she said, you know, he's a he's a writer and poet, but you've never heard of him. He's not published, clearly. Um, so, and also that you just get the sense that probably there's a family fortune here and that she's more in charge of it than he is. Which, yeah, I, if he's wearing monogrammed shirts that are higher quality. Yeah, and but, she, she's... But, but he's running around doing bare-knuckle bare -knuckle boxing on licensed street matches. There's like a black sheep thing going on. Sort yeah, of. yeah. You could read all that into it pretty clearly. Okay. Uh, in that case, I probably would try to bargain. Okay. That would be a push. Yes. Again. A push would get you a, an edge that... Um, I'll tell you what the edge is because... Or show it to you and you can decide. Because it may not actually be that useful even though it's always nice. I mean, essentially, if you're walking around or taking the bus, that's not going to matter. But no. if you wanted to spend some real money to do something, you'd have it. 
what do I know about this book off the top of my head? Or You've, well, I was going to ask you a question about that. Okay. Just because if, if this is something where I think I might have to pay to purchase the book from somebody else, I would probably want the cash ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard of this book, and in fact... Um, yes, just last night. Yes, but even before that, um, you're aware you have research, right? Uh, yes. Okay, well, so we'll say this is something you already know in your head as you ponder this. Wait, no, I don't. As an investigative ability? Oh, yes, I do. Okay. Whenever I ask if you have something, it's almost always going to be an investigative, because yeah. it's like this ability gives you permission for this clue, essentially. Oh, okay. Um, you know that there are two copies in the city. The university library has a partial, severely damaged copy. And the other more intact book was purchased by a collector, Dr. Lake. Now the question for you, and this is your choice as a player, is are you the person who um, procured Dr. Lake's copy of the book in the past? Let's say yes. All right. I would like you to give me a cool check. I'm apparently very cool. This character's not like me. Yeah, snake eyes. Apparently I'm not very cool at all. Would you so like... So I'm feeling more like myself again. Uh, okay. This gets fun. You procured... You did procure the book for Lake, and you made sure she paid through the nose for it. She does not remember you kindly. Perfect. I will... Bargain for some money in my pocket, then. Okay. You will have some extra money to work with. You basically can tell her about the history of the book. Like, I know there's a copy, but I also know the person who bought it paid a great deal for it and, you know, used that as leverage. Mm -hmm. to... So she gives you a uh, pretty substantial upfront payment and uh, thanks you. As you're talking about the boxing part of it, it's clear that she's quietly furious. I'm really upset that this kind of thing, you know, happened to Alvin. It was, it was not, uh, you know, there's no thought for anyone. It's not sport. There's no thought for anyone's safety. The brutal animal who attacked my brother, uh, there, there's boxing and there's the merciless savage beating that poor Alvin endured last night. <clears throat> Alvin's opponent was like a wild beast, cruel and despicable. As soon as I can, I'm going to ensure that he's arrested and imprisoned for assault, if I ever find out who it was. Okay, so how do I play that to my advantage? Do I tell her I would be willing to investigate that to find out who the opponent was? Good. But I also need information from that guy. Play both sides against each other, and then I... I yeah, I will tell her that if she's interested, I can keep an eye out to see if I can figure out like, I'm familiar with some of the the people who run this the sort of thing. street like life I, around here. Yeah. I, I have to deal with them on occasion for, you know, acquiring goods that they've picked up through whatever means. So I can try to find out who who was the opponent and, you know, who was in charge of the match and things like that. Oh, if, if I would be most grateful if you could do that. It's so thrilling to have an underworld contact. Yes. <laughs> it's very thrilling. My middle name is thrilling. Uh, yes, well, I'll see myself out then. Okay. <laughs> she scuttles off. Um, so, yeah, you know where you could go look at the library copy. You could 
go visit Dr. Lake, although you probably wouldn't be warmly received. You could go talk like to this boxer. My, my next step would be to go talk to, go back to the flop house and talk to Duke, especially as it's only two blocks away. Okay. Let's see what I can find out there. Alrighty. And it also gives you time to think of what I can do to appease Dr. Lake. Okay. So you go back to the flop house, uh, knock at the door, I assume. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead here. Um, and uh, there, a man answers the door. He looks, he's like a tall, skinny, he has somewhat Asian features, but not completely. Um, okay. And uh, dressed in, again, very workman's clothes. Uh, and the boxer is in there laying on the bed. Okay, do I recognize this guy? No. Uh, he says, uh, yes, uh, how uh, can I help you? Uh, hi, I, I'm, I'm Philbert Oakley. Phil, you can call me Phil. Okay, Phil. Um, I just, I was I'm James, James Chin. James? Yes. Nice to meet you. Uh, I was actually hoping to speak with your, your friend Bull over there. Apparently. Oh, well he's, yes, uh, come in. He, he was, uh, in a fight last night and he's a little, he's, he's feeling better now, but he's a little beat up. I hope you can. Yeah, uh, he actually came to my place last night. Oh, oh yes. Uh, yeah, come in. And, and, uh, the guy laying on the bed is like, oh, oh, I remember you. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to cause trouble. I didn't mean to disturb you. I, I, I was... That, that's uh, quite all right. Are you feeling better? You seemed uh, quite out of it last night. He says, uh, well, better's relative. He's very, still very beat up, but it looks like he's been capably tended to by his roommate or roommates. He says, I'm, I'm, my name is Moses Drummer. Uh, they call me Bull. Um, he says, James, pull up, uh, Pull up a chair for Mr. Oakley and put the uh, red blanket on there, so that he doesn't have to sit on the broken cushion. And he point—he's pointing at a blanket that is clearly green. Um, I'll kind of give an eye to James, like look over to him and kind of raise an eyebrow. And he just kind of gives you like a shrug and takes the green blanket and puts it over the like the broken spring on the seat of the chair. Um, uh, have you, have you always been colorblind? He says, no, I'm not colorblind at all. Oh, okay. Uh, so he said it was a red blanket, mm -hmm. and it was actually green? Yes. Okay. And he seems kind of, he's still woozy and a little out of it, but he says... Uh, Which means that the red man was probably blue or green. The red man. Or he said he was all red. Lost it. All red. All red. Okay. So adding to my spider web. Don't worry. Don't mind me. He says... Uh, no, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I, me and James and uh, our our Patrick Peter. Patrick yeah. pa Patrick uh, we all are merchant marine. We take jobs, sailing vessels here and there, and you know between ships we get work in whatever town we're in. And sometimes it's slow. And you know to make ends meet, I I uh, do some bare knuckle boxing. Last night I was uh, up against a young guy named Alvy. Um, I, I was losing, but then like this red mist filled up my head and I heard a voice crying, Nikai! Nikai! Next thing I knew, I... Nikai. Which means nothing to you, okay. particularly. Next thing I knew, I beat Alvi to a pulp. 
I, I remember stumbling out of the boxing ring into the dressing room. And Pat, Pat was calling for me to stop. I don't know what happened or where Pat is. James, you know where Pat went? No, I haven't seen him, man. Uh, I'm so I'm, I'm thank you for any for your help, and I'm so sorry I caused any any trouble. Do you have a sus honesty? You do. Yes, I do. Drummer's hiding something about the bout. I assume that's a push. To... There is a. You can spend a push to get some stuff. That seems reasonable. Okay. He says, uh, "Oh, the so how do you what do you what skill do you use to push with?" Bargain. So, t tell me more about this match. Like, it sounds like there's something else going on here. Now, I know Elvie's sister is a rather wealthy woman, and she seems to be on the warpath. Like, it, I would like to help you, but you need to tell me what's going on here. Okay. He says, oh, oh it was just a mess. The, the bout was supposed to be fixed. I was the clear favorite to win. You know, Elvie's spry young man, but he, he doesn't know what he's doing. And, uh, but McRory, who runs the fights, uh, he ordered me to, to throw the match and lose to Alvy so he could make big on the, right, on yes, the, uh, yes, uh, uh odds. Yep. Yeah, because all the betting was in my favor, so, if, you know, it'd be a big odds. The matches are fixed? What? Well, usually no, but this one was, and, but I lost control. I lost control in the red mist, and it ruined it all. So now, you know, probably McRory's gunning for me, too. Never mind it, Alvy's sister. When was the last time you saw Patrick? Uh, last night at the match, I think. Okay. You don't think uh, McRory grabbed him to hold on to as collateral for you? I don't know. Okay. Don't know nothing about that. Uh, Has there been any any strange coincidences like this that you've heard of before, where people lose control during the boxing matches and somebody gets really, really hurt like this? No, it's never happened to me before either. And James is kind of standing there keeping out of this, basically, but he looks pretty thoughtful when when you say that. James, you got anything? And he, he's just kind of like there. Um, so as you're having that conversation, there's a pounding at the door, and uh, James goes to answer it, and this guy comes in. He's... Dressed pretty flash, like like a nice suit, but it's kind of tacky at the same time. You know, pinky ring kind of yeah. guy, and you know, a McRory, obviously. McRory, yeah, you re you recognize him, or at least know him by reputation. And he says, "Oh yes, hello, hello. I'm just here to inquire about the health of my good friend, the great bull drummer. Uh, surely you won't mind if I have a private word with him, will you?" Again, I'll look over at kind of Peter and at Bull and kind of give him the eyebrow. Like, are you okay with this? Uh, well, I think, uh, no, he wants you out of there. And he's got a couple of, like, big guys with him. with him. Yeah. Okay. I'm not willing to cross him, so I will step out in the hall and probably, like, motion Peter to follow me. James. James. Why do I think Peter? James Chen. Yep. So you step out in the hall... The doors and walls are pretty thin. <clears throat> uh, give me a stealth test if you want to eavesdrop. Oh, of course I do. Okay. Okay, this dies when it's fucking me all night. This one. Five. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so you're listening kind of both just standing out in the hall 
getting a smoke or whatever, and you can kind of hear the whole conversation through the door and you hear uh, McRory. He says, look, Bull, I know Alvin Yates is a pompous ass. It hurts your pride to lose to him, but that was the arrangement. Many, many people bet very heavily on you to win. And the arrangement was you would throw the match, but instead you beat him to a pulp. It was a thing to behold. I got to tell you, it's a beautiful beating, but it's a terribly expensive mistake to make. Now, instead of getting payment for throwing the match, you owe me everything I lost betting against you. I know you don't have any money, so you're going to fight again. And this time you're going up against Baby Madison. You want to throw a, or do you have Streetwise? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Streetwise. You've heard of Baby Madison. Um, Baby Madison is huge and terrifying and way out of Bull's league. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, as much as Bull was, was outmatching Alvin, Alvin yeah. uh, Baby Madison is outmatching Bull. Uh, so, McCrory's basically lining Drummer up to get killed. But your astounding performance against Yates is going to draw in betters. People that saw that, they're going to bet. And I want to point out that your friend Patrick, he's looking forward to the fight. He's so eager, he's already in his seat. Okay. So Patrick is being held there. Yeah, that's the implied yeah. threat, as we have him as a hostage. Yep. Um, so they, you overhear that, and then they, like, McCrory and his two goons come out and just, you know, lights up a cigar and walks down the hall. And uh, looking in the door, you see a drummer slumped on the bed, and he just kind of lets out the scream, very primal scream. And uh, yeah, okay. Uh, uh, so while he's recovering, uh, James Chen pulls you aside. Uh, he says, "Look, like I've been, me and Patrick and Bull have been buds for a long time. We've done a lot of places together, done a lot of stuff." Uh, he says, "I grew up." half Chinese, half Dutch, you know, born on a ship. We've mm -hmm. all been sailing most of our lives, but uh, we've all worked together on different merchant ships for like 20 years, finding work where we could. Uh, and I've kept this a secret a long time, but I think it might matter. He says, uh, 10 years ago, me and Bull, we were in Marseille. Uh, we were on shore leave, we got caught in a thunderstorm. We took shelter down in a cellar. It's an old, old place. Mm -hmm. Deep and dark. Um, he kind of describes it to you. Do you have archaeology? Yeah. Okay. His just anthropology? No, it's not the same thing. I do not have archaeology. Oh, okay. Deep dark cellar. There's a bunch of other people down there too, getting out of the storm. Clochards, you know, bums, mm -hmm. street people, beggars, vagrants, all huddled together, staying out of the rain. We it was like this long cold night. We tried to sleep, and everyone started having like nightmares and visions. It was like this red mist was rising from the ground, pouring in from the streets and filling our heads. One of the clochards said it was the blessing of St. Toad, whatever that means. I don't know if that's something like St. Elmo's fire, but I remember hearing this liquid, hideous liquid sound gurgling in the depths. It was like water running through a sewer, but it seemed to be coming from all over. And Drummer, man, he, he really took it hard. He was talking to himself, muttering about sacraments, and he was like talking shit in Latin. Oh. Does he speak Latin? No. <laughs> no. I mean... Apparently. Apparently, but no. Yeah, I don't think he knows what he's saying. Uh, do the words, four tassels, blah, 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 mean anything to you? No. 
uh, it seemed like, you know, as that night went on, it seemed the drummer was changing like he was, there was something inside of him trying to get out. And this one old bum took charge. He drew a strange symbol on the wall with chalk, made everyone stare at it, including drummer. Mm-hmm. It was like a maze. It was like a labyrinth, you know what I'm saying? And I remember feeling like I was lost in a red mist, but it must have been a dream. Hell, I used to think the whole night was a dream. Next morning, everything was back to normal, including drummer. The old man, though, was dead. He'd frozen to death during the night. Everyone left the cellar now that the storm was over. I remember asking one of the other close shards about the old man's body, and he told him that it would be attended to by l'argile, the clay. Uh, I don't know what that means, though. Next day, I was exhausted. Legs hurt. I felt like I'd walked for miles. We returned to our ship, never spoke about it again. And I just put the whole night down to the strangeness of the storm, tried to forget about it. But now, I feel like the red mist at the edges of my vision. I feel the red mist at the edges of my vision again. It's pressing at my eyes from inside my head. I think drummer's part of it, man. But I don't know what to do. Do you remember the symbol? Could you recreate it? Oh, yeah. He pulls out like a little notebook and a pencil and tries to, you know, draws like a... It's kind of like a circular maze, or it's got a circular outline, but it, you know, maybe like Daedalus's labyrinth or something like mm-hmm. that. He says, you know, now I think about it, I can't remember if the old Clochard drew it on the wall or if it was already there. Uh, yeah, it's weird like that. And he rips out the page of the notebook and hands it to you. I'll take it. Um, does it does it seem like anything I recognize mm-hmm. or have seen before? Not, no, not really. Okay. Um, I will suggest to him that maybe he could draw it out again and try staring at it whenever he feels the red mist pushing at him, and maybe it'll help. Okay. Yeah. I don't feel like I I got it right, but, you know. Okay. Does uh, uh, Patrick have the same problem with the red mist? Have you guys talked about this at all? No, well, really, I haven't seen him since last night. And Patrick wasn't with us in Marseille back then. Okay. I gotta go look for him, man. I don't know where he... I'm gonna go check around at the bars or something. Did did you not hear? Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, Yeah, McRory has him. He's holding him hostage to force Bull to fight. Oh, shit. He's gonna get killed, man. Yeah, he's fighting Baby Madison. He's fighting Baby Madison. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, I don't hear so good in this year. Okay. Ever since... uh, Uh, Well, it's, it's a long story. Yes. There was a flying fish involved. Of course there was. Uh, Is there anything I can do to help? Like, I I really can't cross McRory because I live in this part of town and he kind of owns this area. The cheap bastard. But is there anything I can do to help? Like, I don't really feel good about someone being held hostage. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean, yeah, any any help you can get, I guess. But, yeah, I can't. I I mean, it's going to be up to... Uh, bull if he wants to, you know, do a runner or and abandon you, his friend or f- try to fight you, uh, baby. Do you know where he'd be holding? No idea. Patrick. No. Okay. No, he's got places all over town. Yeah, okay. he's got dry cleaners and restaurants. Do you think you could uh, negotiate with him? Probably not. I mean, it'd just take a giant wad of cash. I think to right if if bull can pay him what he lost. Yeah. Then any, they could probably uh, call it square. That would be thousands. Okay. Which you have money in your pocket, but it's not. It's thousands. not thousands. Yeah, you got, you got maybe like 
500. You know, I mean, it's still like a nice amount of money in 1937, but it's not. But it's not. It's short of that. It's not six betting mob money. Yes. Okay. Well, I I guess uh, this is my address. I I, I own a bookstore just a couple blocks away. Do you guys can think of something I can do to help? Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Sure. Okay, thanks. But I I wish I could do more. Hey, Bull, chin up. (laughs) <laughs> oh god it hurts okay um yeah I guess the next step would be try to find something that can appease Dr. Lake okay so you leave the flop house yeah I think so okay uh it would it's not like 10 goons jump out and attack oh. um no the, uh, you go outside and it started to rain of course it did. Uh, there's the croaking of frogs as a red rain begins to fall. A red rain? A red rain. I'm going to go back inside. Thanks. You find your vision briefly occluded by a scarlet veil, as if a thick red fog, fog bank has passed over. The mist. Fan. Uh, yeah. All right. I think in my head, what I would do to appease Dr. Lake is find her something of equal value. Okay. So, presumably, if I looked before, I would know that maybe there's some other books that she's looking for that are also rare. You have books in your shop that are... Um, so, Dr. Lake, what you know about her is she was a professor of anthropology at the university. And she... Um, Dr. Angela Lake is an anthropologist. Uh she left the local university after a scandal involving the murder of one of her students by a classmate. And while Lake wasn't directly implicated, there were rumors about her teachings encouraging moral degeneracy. Uh, she argued that civilization and morality were both illusions and that humans would be happier if they cast away their delusory beliefs and embraced their true primal nature as hunter-gatherers. She might not be wrong. Now she lives in a large townhouse and continues her research privately, funded by like-minded philanthropists. That's a thing you can do. Uh, the like, apparently in 1937. Yeah. So, yes. Mm-hmm. No longer at the university, but still kind mm-hmm. of a snobby academic. So you've got a number of books in your shop that are um, not just like standard treatises on anthropology, but like kind of rare and interesting and kind of up that alley. Okay. I would probably go gather at least a couple of those mm-hmm. um, as a peace offering. And then I feel like I should probably make an appointment. I might be better off just showing up. Because I feel like if I call and make an appointment, I'm just never going to actually get there. Yeah, we'll just go ahead and show up. Okay. Um, so, yeah, you get to her house, books, books under your arm. And knock the door, ring the bell. And you remember when he answers the door, her manservant, Haskins. Uh, big kind of valet and bodyguard all mm-hmm. in one, but kind of a big imposing guy. He's like, yeah, what do you want? Uh, <clears throat> I have a business opportunity for Dr. Lake I'd like to discuss with her. Hey, aren't you that Filbert guy? Filbert Oakley? I am, yes. Uh I don't think she wants to talk to you, man. But I, I come bearing gifts. Says all, all ask, all ask, and he comes back a couple minutes later. Tell her I've got the treatise on the New Guinea tribe of Papaws. Uh, comes back a few minutes later, and uh, she said 
and I quote, get lost. Actually, that wasn't what she said. She said get lost, only the word wasn't lost. Oh. It's <laughs> for so keeping this one family safe. Nice to know. <clears throat> Please, I really must speak with her. I, I need I need a copy of Bam. Okay. The door slams shut. I guess I will head to the university then. The library? Yeah. Okay. You said it was the university library? Yeah, that's oh yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, as you're... Because even if I were to try to acquire this book from her in some other fashion, I certainly couldn't do it right now. Well, when I just stop by and there are I'm looking for it, so... Good point. Okay. So yeah, you go to the university library, ask to see their copy. The board clerk has to fetch it from storage. It's too badly damaged to be mm-hmm. on display. And it looks like someone took a carving knife to it. I mean, it's all, like, chopped up. There's deep cuts gouged in the cover, and there's many pages that are ripped or missing. Okay. Several key sections are missing. Of course they are. Um, Notably, you find a reference to a labyrinthine symbol that is supposed to be illustrated but has been torn out of the book. Uh, You have evidence collection that suggests that this plate was carefully and deliberately removed. So, like, all other stuff has been ripped out, someone took a knife and, like, Carefully cut yep. that out. But skimming the book, you learn the cult of Mithras was especially strong in the Roman army. Mithras was said to have been born from a rock. There were several grades of, an, of initiation. One of the key images in the religion was a, the ritual sacrifice of a bull, the Torcotony. There's little evidence that the cult ever actually killed bulls, unlike the cult of the Magna Mater, the Great Mother. The bull seems to have been a metaphor or a retelling of some foundational myth. The author of this particular book, Father Matthews, identifies it a divergent strain of Mithras worship that arose in the years just before the cult was suppressed by Emperor Theodosius in the 4th century. This cult used physical pain and grueling ordeals to attain mystic insights. Other accounts describe the cult entering into the deep places of the earth and the red caves therein. What was the name of this offshoot? Uh, just a offshoot. It didn't have a name particularly. Okay. A divergent strain of Mithras worship. Okay. Well, that sounds fantastic. The guy's name was Father Matthews. Mm-hmm. I assume he's long dead? Yes. Okay. It's an old book. You do have sources you could talk to about this, though, maybe. I have a city clerk, a forger, and a regular customer, mm-hmm. surgeon, and reporter. I think it would have to be the regular customer. Yeah, he's he buys a lot of weird shit from you. Old Wilder. Yes, Old Wilder or Wilder. Something like that. More sense, yeah. Uh, he he's kind of a strange cat. He lives out in the country and he never comes to town. In fact, he never leaves his place. Um, and he has like. He's shown you his boundary before around his property where he like has like this ring of rocks. Ring of salt. Okay. And it would, and then like this elaborate gate. Um, but you're the only person who will actually deliver books out to his house, so he always goes through you when he needs some weird ass tome. Mm-hmm. And he knows all kinds of weird shit. Let's go talk to him. Okay. So yeah, you like take the bus to out to this little like suburb area and then you have to walk about a mile and a half 
When weirdness crops up, Wyletter is the man to ask. The old man is clearly mad, but at least he's usually entertaining. When you arrive at uh, his farmstead outside the city, the way is closed. The gate is closed. Uh, you can see his ramshackle cottage down the laneway, but the gate that opens onto the lane is chained shut and locked. That's less than optimal. Do you have, uh, give me a sense trouble check. I do have that. Difficulty four. Four. You sense trouble. Of course. You see Wyletter. He's lurking in a nearby hedgerow with a shotgun. A shotgun? Yes. And you get the impression that you should not cross the threshold. Uh, uh Hello? Uh, That's far enough. Why I, I don't want you crossing my border, see? Be off with you. Uh, it, it's me, Philbert Oakley. Yeah, yeah. You just stay right there. Uh, a reassurance or inspiration push is required to continue speaking with Wyletter. Oh. Uh, he blasts his shotgun in the air and says, Get out! Get gone! You're tainted! You have to cleanse yourself of the taint. How do I do that? Uh, he says, stand way over yonder, and I'll talk to you. Uh, okay. He says, you've been, you've been pretty, pretty good, but you can't come in here now. There's primal forces, I'm telling you. Primal forces that I, predate humanity. They're I, not, they're not abstract concepts. They're not just alien gods. They permeate us, pervade us. They made us. Yeah. Remember what the Necronomicon says. Their hand is at your throats, yet you see them not. And their habitation is even one with your guarded threshold. Yeah. So uh, again with the cleansing, how do I do that? It says, <laughs> oh, there's so much box text. <laughs> Those forces are a contagion. Exposure to them is a sickness that can be spread, and I guess that you are infected. Must have been tangential contact. The signs would be more pronounced otherwise, but I advise you to take uh, precautions. It would just be spread through blood, perhaps? Find what caused the infection and burn it out! Cauterize the wound! I, I don't have any wounds on me. There was a red rain. How do I burn out rain, Wilter? He, uh... Reaches into his pocket and throws an unloaded pistol at you over the fence. You're a dick, Walter. And a box of ammunition. Most people wouldn't understand. You have to put an end to it. Oh, I get oh. a gun. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so you talk about the red rain and stuff? Yes. The same methods used to call up the old ones, maybe they can be used to put them down again. Door that's been opened can be closed. That, that would be good. The enemies, enemies inside us, in our blood, and our bone, and in our minds, at our throats, see? You think was, you're fighting It was them. in my head. I could feel it trying to come out. Boom! But how can you be sure you're not helping them? I, I can't. Get out! Uh, b before I go, do you know anything about the cult of Mythos? Mithras? Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, I, I need some information on... The Mithraic Mysteries. Uh, specifically, I think this is all related to them. The part of the book I could get talked about blood sacrifices and red caverns and things. Uh, and that seems kind of like what's going on with the Yeah, red don't be fucking around with that shit. Uh, how, how do I get more information? 
There's mention of a symbol that can help. What did it say the symbol could do? Did it ever say that? It was like uh, that they would stare at it and put them into a trance. And, that was the but people it was a that... little bit unspecific. Okay. Because that was what happened in the basement was they stared at it. But there wasn't really a mention of, like in the book, it didn't really say what it was for. No, like an aid to meditation kind of thing. Okay. He, right. says, he says a maze, a maze that can be walked, can be unwalked. A door that can be open can be closed. Thank you, Wilder. Bam! You're a gentleman, a scholar, and a dick. Come back when you ain't all tainted. Get right on that. <laughs> you remember that 10% discount I've been giving you? It's gone now. <laughs> God, concern it. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll leave. Okay. Wait, wait. How many shots has he made out of the shotgun? Uh, three somehow out of a double barrel. Okay. He's been reloading in between. Okay. <laughs> Just checking on that one. <laughs> oh, he's called the bullets. <laughs> As you walk off, he's like out by his gate with a thing of salt. Spring. <laughs> Hook up. <sighs> All right. So you could go talk to Alvin. Yeah. Um, or you could try and to get the book another way. Well, the only other way I can get the book out of the house is probably theft at this point. Mm, yeah. Since she refuses to speak to me. Um, so I can try that. I think stopping... I feel like I don't have a good excuse to go in and talk to Alvin until I have the book. Fair enough. So let's probably see if I can figure out a way to acquire the book. Because um, the only other alternative is to basically to go talk to Lady Yates and basically tell her that this person has the book. They won't speak to me. She's welcome. Here's her finder's feedback. She's welcome to try to convince them to sell it to her themselves. But let's try and acquire it first. Okay. So, going back to Dr. Lake's house? Or... Yeah. Well, I don't know how to do this. Because if she and her beef manservant are always there... Let's try it. Um, yeah. So you go back to Dr. Lake's neighborhood and you're kind of just like... Creeping in the bushes? Scoping it. Well, walking around on the sidewalks, but kind of scoping the house from a bunch of different angles. And you see a car pull out. Oh, that's convenient. Uh, Haskins at the wheel and Dr. Lake in the back seat. What a twist. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Give me a stealth. Oh, yes. That seems like that would be useful. I'm sorry, I was giving you the super whammy result. Five. That's exactly what happens. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, the house is empty. Gain edge five. An empty house. You find an unlocked back door. Even better. Let's go in. So you're able to slip in. Inside, the house is crammed with artifacts from Lake's research. Masks from Africa, clay figurines from Europe, icons and statuettes from Asia. Cross-section of human cultures emphasizing their common roots and basic biology. Images recur, sex and death, violence and secrets locked away in dark hidden places. And the place stinks. 
lake has a menagerie of animals, most, <clears throat> mostly capuchin monkeys locked in cages. There are also a large number of toads that croak incessantly. There's little apparent order to her collection. Do you have biology or outdoorsman? When the red brain mist bullshit happened, they yeah. toads. Yes. This bitch. It's her fault somehow. Do you have biology or outdoorsman? Uh, no. No. City kid. Okay. Art history or occult? I Both. assume. Yes. Both. Yeah. So uh, one thing you see in the her display of junk uh, is a curious painting. Unlike everything else here, it's quite new. It was painted only a few months ago. It depicts a labyrinthine spiral motif overlaid onto the image of a human brain. The edges of the canvas are smeared with red, and somehow it makes it hard to look directly at the painting. The redness seems to bleed out of the image, staining the rest of the world, making your heart pound with terror or excitement. It does not specify which. At the same time, the toads croak in unison, as if somehow aware of your reaction. Uh, do you have evidence collection? I do. All right. There's a photograph on one bookshelf showing Lake speaking to a small group of people in the drawing room of her house. It looks like a private lecture, presumably about the same controversial theories that ended her academic career. Do I recognize any people in the picture? Mm -hmm. But you study it closely. Okay. Is there anything noteworthy in it? Not particularly. Okay. It's it's kind of a thing that's there dependent on order. So if you like if you meet Alvin Yates, you're gonna be like, oh, Alvin Yates was in that picture. Oh, okay. That's or if you had met him, you'd go, Hey, that's Alvin Yates in that picture. But you haven't met him yet. So no. okay. So I guess step one, this painting is bad juju. Yeah, you're getting a definite vibe from it. Oh, and, and you find the book. It's in a locked, like a glass display case. Okay, let's get that out first. Okay, give me a filch. Five. Yes, you managed to unlock the case without raising the alarm. In a flash, you've got hold of Mithraic cult practices. Um, let's go check this section on the maze. Yep. And its purposes really quick. Yep. If there's any extra information. Yeah, this is a complete copy, and you find, like, the plate with the drawing of the maze, and it's identical to the one in the painting. Mm -hmm. And it hurts your head to look at it a little bit. Um, and... And the monkeys attack? The monkeys seem um, kind of worked up. Pretty much you got what you're going to get out of the book from looking at the library copy. Okay. So... Um, I'll say, yeah, looking at the maze, the, there were some pages missing about the maze and the picture of the maze, but it's like, this is a, um, to get into this primitive pre-civilization state, you stare at it, you try to walk it. That's kind of what you get out of the book. Okay. I will, I think my next step is probably to destroy this painting. Okay. Um, there has to be a knife or something in this house somewhere. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's like ritual daggers and yeah. things like There's knickknacks all over the place that you could slash up a painting with. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So yeah, you... <laughs> the painting. Okay. Um, is there anything else in here that I know she has that I would want? Nothing of particular... I mean, there are things that are valuable, but there isn't anything that's of 
particular value to you. You're holding the most valuable book okay. in the room. Okay. I think at that point, then I would GTFO. Okay. All right. So yeah, you're out. You got the book. What do you want to do? Honestly, I think my next step would be to try and do some research either in the books I already have or wherever else I can think of for a good reference on closing open doors and reversing the maze. Because um, I'm, I'm a little freaked at the whole red, main, red rain mist contagion bullshit going on. Yeah. Your research, you've got research, right? Um, you find I like... Don't. You know I do have research. Yeah. yeah. So you, And you've got really like a pretty good occult library in your own bookstore and you know your way around the university library. So you do a bunch, spend some time uh, digging. And I'll say by this time you have poked at your own head enough to get rid of the nightmares. To get rid of the nightmares. Um, yeah, you you find a bunch of things that kind of as like a principle of occult magic. Um, like if the principle of correspondence. So if you if you do a thing that has an effect, then undo the thing to undo the f effect. It's just sort of like you find a lot of different references to that. Um, you know, you go clockwise around the altar three times mm -hmm. to to create the binding. You go counterclockwise so around the altar three times to uncreate un the binding. Unlock the maze. Yeah, as it were. Yeah, I mean that's that's the best analog but you don't quite understand it because it it makes your head hurt every time you try to look at the maze and like follow a pathway through with your eyes i mean when you start doing that like everything starts going red and you feel really sick does the maze seem like it has a beginning and an end yeah it's it's like start at the edge and work toward the center so what if i start at the center and work towards the edge right uh yeah as you do that the it you feel Somewhat better. Okay. I'm going to make a copy of the maze. Okay. Um, do you have forgery? Mm, not really. You could go see uh, Mr. Zakharov. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Try to call up my Russian accent. Yes, what is it you be wanting, Filbert? I have a, a document I need a copy made of. This is, hmm, let me see. Oh. I, we're calling each other. How can you see? Oh, yes. Well, bring it by. Okay. I will take a look. I will bust over and... He says, hmm, not, not difficult? The whole careful. book? Uh, yes. How long would that take? Months. How about just this page? It says, yes, yes. I do this, uh, I could do this tonight. That would be fantastic. Yes. You're going to make bathroom tile with it? Maybe. Uh, I would recommend not following it with your eyes. It mm. seems to do weird things. Difficult to do when you're... Well, just don't try to walk the maze. Like, make the copy, but don't actually try to go through it. I see. Focus on the walls, not the spaces in yes. between. Ah, mm. I will do this for you. But I want a Russian to English dictionary. Okay, I can do that. Even though my English is already... Really good. Excellent. I, I, really, I don't need the dictionary. I just need the articles. But... <laughs> the articles? Yeah, like all those little words you English people speak, like the and uh and an. Like, what is up with shit? <laughs> like that. Like that. 
Jo. Jo. So yeah, he uh, agrees to make you a copy, which leaves you without the book for an evening, probably. Probably. There's this even going to make, like, eh, no, I just want copies, probably good. Um, I guess I meant the only other thing I really had to do is to go talk to young... Young Alvin? Alvin. All right. So, yeah, you go to the Yates home. Uh, the Yates family are wealthy. Uh, probably got their money from banking. Uh, you get there to the house. It's answered by, like, the housekeeper and, uh, um, you know, state your business. And they're like, yeah, come on. Nancy's uh, tending to her brother right now. Uh, and they show you upstairs. Um, the doctor is coming down the stairs as you're going up, and he kind of sees you and just gives, like, a head shake. Like, uh, um, Alvin's bedroom is crammed with books and papers. Your practice eye spots works on philosophy, physical health, anthropology, poetry, and a great number of occult books of dubious worth. Alvin lies in bed, wrapped in bandages like a mummy. Um, despite this prognosis and despite the fact that he's missing a dozen teeth, Alvin gives you an excited smile and asks, Have you, prefer have you found that copy of Merthyritic Cult Practices? I located one, yes. I should have it tomorrow morning. Oh, Hopefully. wonderful, wonderful. Uh, Nancy's kind of hanging out in the room listening in, but not being too... So, uh, can I see his face? Yeah. I mean, so now I... he's got bandages and stuff. He's been beaten to beaten shit. terribly. Um, can I can I connect together that he's the person in the photo in Dr. Lake's house? Yes. Okay. Yes, you recognize him from the photo in Dr. Lake's house. Okay. He's like, oh, I'm so excited about getting this book. Uh, <coughs> groan, coughing up blood. Uh... I, I used to be a <clears throat> student of Dr. Lake for several years. I believed your theories about how human civilization was a mistake. Uh, I, Sorry, I believed your theories about how human civilization was a mistake are nonsense. My real interest is poetry. Poems written in the antediluvian common tongue of humanity. Poems that a caveman might understand. Here's one I wrote yesterday. Ugh, ugh, rar, ugh, brr, ack, ugh, grr, grr. I'm going to look at Nancy. <coughs> she just like... He's not published yet. Yes, that is that is quite wonderful. In a caveman sort of way. Uh, thank you, thank you. I, I worked hard at it. It's uh, difficult to get publishers, but that's why I've been trying to get back in touch with my, my primitive, masculine, strong side through this bare-knuckle boxing and... Lifting sure. heavy weights and things. Yes. Can I, can I ask what your interest in this book is? Like, how would this... Well... If you don't believe her theories, how would this book aid you? Well, she had us... Uh, like, in some of our meetings at her house, we, we would take drugs and stare at drawings of mazes. I found the whole thing really dull. But, uh, but I think that her basic ideas... Uh, uh, if I could get in touch with that caveman self, I could write the true poetry in the Ur tongue. Uh, I don't have any contact with Lake anymore, but I really wanted to continue my research. I believe that the Mithras cult has its origins in Persia and Babylon and beyond them in Mesopotamia and Ur and Mu, where humanity began. I had my address. I was going to look for you. I had my address and a piece of paper in my shirt, but it was stolen from me in the dressing room at the fight. 
uh, yeah, so I'm looking super forward to the book. Okay. Uh, any noticed any... You said you stared at these paintings. Mm-hmm. Did they, yeah, did really they seem, Did they seem to affect you in any way? No. Not at all? No. You've never... Have you noticed any, like, red mist? No. Okay. He says, you know who was shouting about red mist, though, was Bull Drummond. Bull Drummer. Yeah? Yeah, when he was beating the crap out of me. I think I was winning till he got his second wind. He's a tremendously inspiring figure to me. I dream about him, and those are dreams are... I think what Dr. Lake was talking about when she spoke of a primal humanity, a force older than stronger than our concepts of civilization and morality. And his sister says, that man hurt you so bad, Alvy. He should be in prison or shot. He's a monster. Don't you dare speak kindly of him. That's the bloody morphine talking. Can, can you describe these dreams to me? Oh, just dreams of, uh, well, you know how dreams are. They're all muddled up, but, you know. He just seemed to have access to this rage. Yes, that's that's one way to describe getting beaten to a pulp. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you mind if I ask who else attended these meetings? Was there anybody else that you know? Oh, other students of no importance. Okay. No other named characters in this scenario. Yeah, yeah. To be, to be ascertained later. Um, yeah, I guess at that, I would probably... Take my farewell. Take my leave. All right. Thank you. I look forward to reading the book. Yeah. Okay. Is it normal to piss blood? It'll be fine. <laughs> Just drink a lot of cranberry juice. Um, okay. So I guess until I go pick the book up, I can't leave anything else to do, really. Okay. And even at that point, I'm not sure what else to do other than give them the book. Like, I, I've tried walking the maze backwards. I can try and have Bill and what's his name do that? Bull. And or, sorry, Bull and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you that. Just because it's very specific to what seems very appropriate. Oh. Okay. Because you studied and learned from your study. Um yeah, by the time you get back, just because it took you know, like a good part of the afternoon to get across town, and mm -hmm. visit them, and get back. Um, Zakharov is done with the. He's done you a very nice engraving, or not engraving, but a good a good copy of the amazing. Yes, here's book. Here's here's copy. I have headache. Uh, you didn't happen to see any red mist while you're doing this. No, just just the stench of my cigarette. Excellent. Well, have a good night. Yeah. Yes. You too. Here's your. Dictionary. Oh, da. Thank you. Yes. I will. I will study dictionary and learn articles. Yes. I look forward to having no speech with you. <laughs> Particles. Partis. I guess it would be articles. Articles are for newspapers. Yes. Yes. Um. Hmm. I feel like throwing something at you here. Okay. So yeah, you are back home, chilling out, like, I, I assume oh, I, you have the book back. I assume I hid the book somewhere as soon as I got home. Okay. Until I have the chance to go drop it off, which I'm not even sure if I should do that, since I feel like this is just bad juju all around, but... Uh, there is a pounding at your door at... 
probably 8 p.m. Shop's closed. Right. But uh, this angry pounding at your door, and it, um, open up in there! Uh, you recognize Haskins' voice. Haskins. Which one's Haskins? The manservant of Dr. Lee. Ah. And uh, the pound quickly turns to shoulder bashes and kicks, and he, like, basically kicks your door in. Okay. I Where is it? Where is what? Where's the book? I know you took it. I did not take any book. What are you talking about? Uh, you're going to have to tussle with him right now, because he's just going to... Go ahead and attack me. He's going to attack you. Uh, there is a suitable... Yeah, just use that one. So give me a fighting check. Or, uh, and that includes guns, actually. So. It does. Yep. I don't know that I want to shoot him, though. Okay. Like, that feels like a little bit of overkill. Okay. Part. Oh, he... Beats me soundly. Beats your ass. He does not... Uh, you're going to get a problem from that. Yeah. I should give you a bunch. The man throws quite a punch. Perfect. Uh, and he, like, ties you to a chair and rummages through your apartment and shop until he finds the book. Okay. He's like, aha! I knew it! And he, like, slaps you a few times with it. And he says, you broke into her house and destroyed the painting. Come on, we got places to go. And he unties you from the chair and, remaining tied up, basically throws you in the back of uh, the car mm -hmm. with Angela Lake, who's been waiting in the back, you know, doing her makeup and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, throws you in the trunk, I'll say. That makes more sense, yes. And drives off. Uh, and you get to a place. They drag you, he drags... I suppose he forgot to check me for the gun. Yeah, he did. Oh, good. Uh, you get to a place, uh, the car stops. You haven't gone terribly far, just mm -hmm. a few blocks. Um... And you're in, like, a open gravel lot. There's a bunch of cars. And uh, he pulls you out of the trunk and, like, slips the cords off your wrists. It's like, now come along and play nice. And you see a bunch of guys all in, like, their suspenders and hats and cigars. And they're all going into this, like, old um, pumping station that's been disused. You know, so we have New York has the nice water system now, so we don't need the pumping station from the river. So it's kind of this abandoned city infrastructure. Yep. And uh, everyone's going down into like the subterranean layers of that and you see a boxing ring set up in the middle of it. Uh, uh, McCrory's Underground Boxing Club is literally underground in the basement of a disused pumping station near the river. Thick mists curl around the building like curious ghosts. Ghosts turn bloody by the garish glow of the red emergency lighting. Uh, you see Bull Drummer. You see James Chin in the audience. You see a bunch of, a whole bunch of just random people. Um, Dr. Lake is with you. Um, and she has the book. They, let's see, just you, basically they take you right in. Mm-hmm. And the crowd is gathered in the main chamber, forming a rough circle around the open space that will be the boxing ring. Baby Madison is already there. He's a huge man, far bigger and tougher looking than Drummer, with a face like a boiled ham. 
McCrory is also present taking bets on the outcome of the fight. Usually, Drummer would be a hopeless underdog in this fight, just as Alvin Yates was when he went up against Drummer. But the sailor's performance the previous bout has changed the odds considerably, and many more bets than usual are being laid on Drummer to win. Drummer believes he has to fight. If he doesn't, Flaherty will suffer his yep. metric. Yep. Phyllis might blah, blah, blah. Not even a Phyllis in this. So, yeah, they... Uh, Philbert? Yes, Philbert. They drag you in there, and Haskins kind of, like, pins you down and says, now pay attention. But he doesn't, like, once you're in there, you're sort of free to roam around if you want. Okay. Um, honestly, I want to ask Dr. Link what the fuck she's doing. She says, you'll see, you'll see. Prove all my theories correct. Okay. All right, so the fight begins. Um, other than that, the only thing I would want to do would be to try to find... Flaherty? Yeah. Okay. Uh, give me a stealth check. Three. Uh, you're looking around, and some of Rory's goons spot you. You've earned the enmity of a criminal bookmaker and general nasty piece of work, Leon McCrory. Counter this by putting McCrory in your debt. Probably not relevant for this scenario, but... Uh, yeah, they catch you poking around and, like, drag you back okay. uh, to the fight. You don't see him in the crowd, but you suspect he's probably tied up in some back room or something. Okay. Uh, and the fight begins. Drummer steps into the ring. He's already hurt, and Madison takes full advantage of this weakness. Blow after bare-knuckle blow slams into Drummer's existing wounds. One of the first hits opens up a cut on Drummer's forehead, and a torrent of blood rushes out, turning his face into a gory, horrific mask. Uh, the red mist rises and seems to close in. Everyone feels it to some degree. The cheers and laughter of the crowd fades, replaced by a strange mix of nervous fear and reverent chanting. Everyone knows but cannot articulate the feeling that God is close at hand. Madison's beating of Drummer becomes sacramental. Each punch is like the beat of some unseen drum echoing in the blood of the onlookers. Uh, do you have the rising mists problem? No, I do not. Good for you. Uh, Was I supposed to? No. Okay. You get that in a... by being exposed to the rain? Um, no. It's actually, I think I ought to give you that problem. Let's see what it says. Uh, yeah, because you spent a long time studying the maze and stuff. Oh, okay. So give me a stability check. Okay. As this... Just because this is cooler anyway. Six. And I would like to... Okay. Uh, that, that was not enough for an advance. Oh, okay then. Eleven. Still not enough for an advance. Seriously? It's a 13 for an advance. Holy shit. Would you like to take a problem? Do I get to know what the problem is? I maybe remember you saying that. Sure. Uh, it will involve mythoshock. The problem is called Safagua. Something that should be deeply buried has woken up and crawled into the conscious regions of your mind. Now you're haunted by peripheral visions of something like a hulking toad-like horror. You're a vector for the contagion, just like Moses Drummer. So this would get you an extra die. It would not get you... You what's, wouldn't get the push, but you would... What's, what's the advance do for me? 
Uh, you would gain an edge. Actually, it's an edge you already have, Walker in the Labyrinth. Uh, and you would not get the push because you'd have to use all your dice to get the advance. Okay. So is what I rolled enough to just be even? Yes. The hold would be you manage to resist the mind-numbing sensations, but your will is weakening. You've got to stop whatever's happening. That seems like... Fair enough. The breeze, yeah. Without I, getting Sathagwa in your brain? Yeah. Okay. Because I don't think that, because I would have to... I would have to do that to get that, to use this, to get rid of Sathagwa, to get this back again. Right. Which seems pointless. Yep. So. All right. As drummers, as drummer is pushed to the limit of his, of his endurance, Lake uh, opens up the book to the page with the labyrinth and is like showing it to drummer. Can I tackle her? Okay. Uh, when Drummer sees the labyrinth sigil through a haze of blood, he enters a trance. He starts savagely beating Madison, knocking the bigger man to his knees. Uh, so that's happening. You must stop while I'll read that whole part here. As Drummer pounds away, his flesh starts to dissolve. Madison tries to fight back, delivering a single sharp cross to the side of Drummer's skull. The skull cracks and Drummer's human form collapses. He becomes a formless horror. No, this is really terrible. This is what happens if you don't intercede. So, you want to stop, Lake? All right, give me a fighting check. You can get another die if you want to take another problem. Yeah, I kind of want to use the gun. Yeah, it doesn't matter though. It's still just a fighting check. Or does the gun give you some sort of edge? You get an automatic advance in one fighting test. Gain a push and discard this card. Okay. I'm trying to run this like I was actually there, though. And I feel like pulling out a gun in the middle of a boxing thing is going to cause a lot of other issues. Mm -hmm. I think the way I would pull it is I would come up to her, I'd pull out the gun, like, come up behind her, pull out the gun, put it up to her head, and be like, okay, drop the book. Something like that. Nah. Okay. So kind of a threaten. I'd say then you'd be tussling with Haskins. Yeah. At that point, so it would still be fight. Come down to fighting. Okay. I think I think where I'm at is this needs to stop because shit's going sideways really fast. Mm -hmm. So we're just gonna shoot her. Okay. So we use Wiley's gun and get the advance and uh, a push and a push, which you don't need because your investigating is done basically. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so the shot rings out. You fight your way through the crowd, tear the sigil out of the woman's hand. You can feel the terrible pressure of the symbol in your mind like it is trying to crack your skull. There, that grating, water's flowing on the far side. You throw, this, there's a typo in here. You throw the sigil through the grating to dissolve in the dark river water. Oh, literally, there's a grating. It's not some metaphysical grating. There's the yeah, pumping plant. So you, yeah. you basically, uh, Shoot her, grab the book, throw it down the grate. Uh, gain edge 12, all is washed away. An uh, advance um, results in drummers escaping Sathagwa's influence. Either the uh, dreadful sigil from Mithraic cult practices or Dr. Lake are destroyed, or in some cases both. Either puts an end to the growth of Sathagwa's influence for the moment. So, yeah, the fight stops, basically, as the shot rings out. 
Um, do you kill Lake or just like wing her, basically? I think I wing her. I don't really see myself as, I don't really see my character as a killer. Mm-hmm. So I think he would just try to shoot her like in the leg or the arm or something like that. Just so he can grab the book from her while she's dealing with that. Yeah. I'll say, um, yeah, you even like shoot the book out of her hand or shoot near her I, and she's so surprised she I drops about, it. You, like you just shoot the fucking symbol and call it good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, she's not hurt, but the gunshot stops the fight. Everyone's like, whoa, what was that? And then you're like running and grabbing this book and throwing it down the grate and uh, the referee calls the fight um, and declares uh, Drummond as the winner. I knew I should have been on this fight. <laughs> um, so McRory gets paid, gets paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I would assume when you shot the gun, you just dropped it. So in the confusion, you you basically get off scot-free. No one is okay. trying to beat the crap out of you. Like, the one good thing is everybody would have been staring at... The fight. The fight. Yep. And the red mist and the insanity happening. So nobody would have been paying attention. Right. And, like, once you do that and you get rid of the book, Haskins just hustles Dr. Lake out of there. And people, like, try to just get out sort of quickly before the cops come. You know, and bust them for illegal gambling and stuff. So, yeah. So a couple of aftermath questions. Yes. Do you return the money to the Yates? Yes. Okay. Because you can't give them the book. No. Uh, Drummond and you you find Drummond or Drummond and Chin find Patrick Flaherty tied up in a back room. Um, and they're able to you know, get out of there. And yeah, that's basically it. Okay. I would, I think I would try to get a hold of them after the fact. Yep. With the copy of the map I made, the labyrinth I made, and try to get them to walk it backwards to release whatever influence is on them. And then after that, I would destroy uh-huh. that copy. Nice. So that, I think, would get you, I think both of those would be appropriate, though they don't matter. Huh. Okay. So yeah, I guess for the audio. Dr. Angela Lake's consciousness gets lost within those red mists. She's a hollow shell now. Better her than you. Discard anyone. Mythos shock. And you freed Drummer's friend Patrick Flaherty. So you and he and Drummond and Chin are all free of the influence of the red mist. That just leaves whoever else was in her stupid club that she kept exposing to it. That's, it's pretty much like taking half, care of Half you the town. Destroyed the painting. And, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, people like Alan Yates just weren't in touch. That It's kind of what you missed it, out by not ever having a conversation with Dr. Lake, was she would have explained all of her crazy nonsense, and, like, one route you could go through this adventure is, like, I'll give you the book if you let me meet Drummond. Because I want Drummond to be my guy for this, because he's savage enough to to go there. Okay. But because you you failed some roles at different points that just took you a different route through the scenario. Yeah. So. I think the big thing was that because I had the relationship with her, and that was the, like the one spectacular failure I had was she hates me. Yeah, it's not it's not super easy though because if even if like 
if you had gotten an advance on that roll, and then you get an edge that's like, she loves you, right? And so you can go in and meet with her and talk to her, and she still won't sell you the book. Mm -hmm. So you still have to like end up stealing it or ag agreeing to meet with Drummond, having her meet Drummond. Mm -hmm. So I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, I like it. I like the scenarios. I like I like the problems in the edges. In fact, that there are little cards that you get because props. I always like props. Yeah. Um, the push mechanic is kind of cool, and like it's a really simple system as far as that goes. Check out Metal Geek Actual Play Community Theater Podcast was brought to you by Baron Von Productions. Little Confidential is published by Pelgrane Press Limited. For more information, check out www.chippewavalleygeek.com. Nick, who are you and what are you doing? You're eating. I'll edit that out. I will only ask you questions right after you take a giant bite of food. Perfect. Those who have been exposed to the contagion find their vision briefly occluded by a scarlet veil. Oh, did I say contagion? I'm sorry. Delete that. <laughs>